Hey everyone, well, welcome to Stutter Talk, episode 714. Today we discuss the stuttering advantage, what our host and guest, Dr. Chris Constantino, calls stuttering gain. Hey, Chris. Hi, Peter. Nice talking to you again. Same here. Chris Constantino is a speech-language pathologist and assistant professor at Florida State University. Chris co-edited the highly acclaimed book, Stammering Pride and Prejudice. I'm Peter Reitz as a speech-language pathologist in North Carolina and president of Stutter Talk. Chris and I are both people who stutter. Today, to Today, Chris, we're going to be talking about uh, stuttering gain. And in the opening sentence of your stuttering gain column, you wrote, the ability to foster stuttering pride comes down to one very simple question. Do we gain anything from stuttering? So let's get into it, Chris. We've each brought three or four things that we have gained from our stuttering. Let's start with you. What and I haven't seen your list, and you haven't seen mine. So, what's one thing you have gained from stuttering, Chris? All right. So, the first thing I wrote down was communion, and and what I mean by that is uh, increased communion with others. Um, And as I've this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So if I'm starting to sound like a broken record to listeners, I apologize, but that's only a half-hearted apology because I'm excited to talk about it again. Chris, um, we only get positive emails about you. No one's ever said to me, oh, that Chris, you have him on too much. It's like, hey, less Peter, more Chris. So, okay, buddy, go ahead. Uh, that at least how I experience my stuttering is uh, it's, it's a feeling of vulnerability, right? It's, it's, it's a feeling of my guard being forcibly pulled down. Um, it's almost like you're, you're temporarily stripped of your clothes that you're, you're, you're standing there un, unprotected and that happening in the course of a conversation, conversation, I think, invites the person you're speaking to, to return that vulnerability, to, to be vulnerable also. And I think that mutual vulnerability very often leads to intimacy, that it, it increases the uh, intimacy of that conversation, of that relationship. Ship and it's it's almost a way of getting to know people better. That is so interesting. And does anyone ever say back to you, "Yeah, but vulnerability is weakness, and I don't want to bond over weakness"? Do you ever get anything like that? <laughs> all, all the time. The, the 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 two criticisms I get are are that one, right? That that it's it's showing weakness. Um, the other criticism I get is. I get what you're saying and I agree with you, but I don't want to be vulnerable to the cashier at the grocery store, right? I don't want to be vulnerable all the time. Um, I think I sort of have the same response to, to both of those criticisms. And that is that 
if it's truly if it's true vulnerability, we don't really have control over it, right? Vulnerability is almost necessarily implying a sense of unsafety or danger, uh, a, a sense of being exposed. And in my mind, to allow yourself to be exposed and not be scared is takes a lot of courage, right? That That is true strength. If, if, if you're not scared because you're wearing a suit of armor or you're well protected, that's, that's not impressive. Nobody would be scared in that situation, but to be, to be unscared while being vulnerable, I think is, uh, a, uh, a show of strength rather than weakness. So have you ever heard, I, I'm fascinated by this. I, I will get to my list and to the rest of your list soon, but have you ever heard any other communities talk about vulnerability like you're talking about now um, besides the stuttering community? Um, what I have heard a lot of disabled communities talk about is the idea of dependence versus independence right that that by having having a disability you you have to learn to rely on other people and that that can be a really valuable experience um crystal kuber uh wrote a wonderful chapter in our book um Stammering Pride and Prejudice, where she talks about her, the intersection of her experience with cerebral palsy and stuttering. And she has this, this beautiful part where she talks about crossing a street when it's icy. And if you know Crystal, you know, she, she, she walks, uh, with a, with a little bit of a limp and the icy street can be challenging for her. And she talks about sometimes having to ask a stranger for help and that uh, that used to be really embarrassing for her and, and made her feel weak, made her feel dependent in a bad way, but that she learned to, to, to see that vulnerability as, as a way of connecting with that stranger as, as, as a way in and that the asking for help is actually an act of bravery. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I think what's unique about stuttering is that we we do that through stuttering, right? <laughs> that that uh, nobody else can create this intimacy by by stuttering. Uh, but I think there's there's lots of human experiences that if you let them can be uh, can be intimacy facilitating. Wow. Uh, I'm so glad you brought all of that up. And this wasn't on my list, but uh, I'll start with Crystal Kubert. So what I've gained. So I remember in interviewing for Stutter Talk Crystal maybe back in 2009, 2008 in person in an apartment in Brooklyn with her dad and her genuine love and affection with her dad. And sharing a pizza with her and her dad and seeing what a healthy relationship you can have 
with a family member while talking about challenging things openly. And being a person who stutters, I get to learn from other people who stutter a better way to live. And if it weren't for this problem, this real, and I don't want to underplay it, stuttering has been a huge problem for me and the scars are very deep and I've gained so much from it. But I learned from Crystal that, and and from many people who stutter, that we can talk openly and lovingly about these issues and have fun. Um, So glad you brought her up, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's important to emphasize that human experiences and characteristics are complicated. Like just because we're talking about the advantages of stuttering or, or stuttering gain doesn't downplay the difficulties of stuttering, right? That just that I think we need to insist that there's both, right? That it's, yeah. it's not a one dimensional experience. So, so let me give you the one that, um, was first on my list. It doesn't mean it's the most important thing, but I've been thinking about it a lot recently, um, especially with the state of our country where talking politics can be very challenging. Um, when I first w- went to my, f- when I went to my first national stuttering event, so I had been going to stuttering support meetings in Manhattan and I decided to go to the National Stuttering Association's annual conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And it was my first time going to a large gathering and ending up at the bar. And I was legal. I, I was old enough to buy a beer and sitting at a table with two very left-wing progressive stutterers and two very conservative stutterers. And sort of just listening to them battle and argue about politics. Um, And they loved each other. And we were stuttering brothers. We happened to be all men at this table. And realizing that stuttering is for everyone and to be inclusive. And, you know, when someone asked me recently who I voted for, for president or for governor, and we do get asked these questions as adults, I always say, oh, I never talk about that. Because I am a speech-language pathologist, I'm a person who stutters, and stuttering is for everyone, and speech therapy is for everyone. And I want my families and students to feel welcomed, and I want to be able to really help them, and I don't want it to be about, well, he voted or supported the wrong person. So to me, um, I love the inclusivity of the stuttering world. I know, and that I have come into contact with so many people that I wouldn't otherwise know. But but because we stutter, we can disagree about so many other things, but we're still stuttering brothers and sisters. Um, I don't know if you've experienced anything like that, Chris. When I first started going to the annual National Stuttering Association conferences. It was it was pretty close to a religious experience. Like I would leave those conferences um, determined to carry with me the feeling I had into the rest of my life, and 
what that feeling was. Because I remember going the first time and I didn't know anybody. And I was just there by myself. And it was in, it was like you couldn't be a stranger. Right? I would just be standing in the lobby and somebody would come up and talk to me. I would be, I would, it would be lunchtime and I would be, I would be walking out to the street to just see what there was to eat. And somebody would come up and say, Hey, we're going to get lunch. Do you want to come? And that, uh, aggressive friendliness, uh, was eye opening to me because I had spent most of my life concerned about talking to other people because of my stutter, right? Like guarding who I talked to and who I didn't talk to and really only talking to strangers if I needed to. And this feeling that like I can, uh, I can, I can try to love everybody. Right. And I, the, the least I can do is, is, strike up a conversation or extend an invitation and that that's an opportunity to possibly make a friend um, felt it just, it felt so different from the rest of my life that I would always try to uh, bring that attitude with me uh, after I left those conferences. Hmm. It's amazing how we, we share so many experiences. Um, you know, I, I hope in this era of charged politics that it's still the same. Like, I, I want to say to the listeners, I don't care if you're sitting at, at home with a Biden hat or a Trump hat on. I really don't. If you stutter, you know, you are welcomed, you know, in my world. Uh, I really do believe that. I think that we have so much in common and there's so much humanity in our experiences that, you know, I'm, I want to, um, <laughs> it sounds corny, but I want to be everyone's stuttering friend. Uh, and it, it transcends disagreements and differences and um, different ways of seeing the world. And I think I learned that from stuttering. Or, or stuttering helped me with that, I, I should say. So what is next on your list of what you've gained from stuttering, Chris? Um, the next thing I wrote down was impermanence. And what I mean by that is uh, no stutter lasts forever. And something that my clients and I, especially the ones who find themselves stuck in blocks, work on a lot is this ability to stay in a moment of stuttering and tolerate it until they feel like they're in control of that moment of stuttering. And I think a conversation that I've had with, uh, with many of them is how analogous it is to, to so many other parts of our lives that often we don't have to struggle against things that the way through is just patience that things end 
you know, nothing, nothing lasts forever, especially not stutters. And that we don't necessarily need to do anything. We just need to be able to be patient. Um, and so stuttering has not only, yeah, so stuttering has taught me patience, I would say. So I'm struck by how different our lists are. I'm, I'm, I'm relieved and struck because I was worried that we'd each have the same list. Uh, uh, does anybody ever push back on you about, um, but I know it's your experience, so it's hard to push back against someone's experience, but has anyone ever disagreed in some way? Yeah, people disagree with me all the time. <laughs> or, or, or how have they, like, like what is, like, okay, I'll be more blunt. Has anyone ever gotten pissed off? Has, has anyone ever been like, Chris, come on, patience, really? Like, like what what has been the pushback? Yeah, um, I think a lot of people will say things along the lines of, because their stuttering sets them on edge so much, right? That they're actually less mindful, right? They're, they're less patient because their stuttering is introducing a level of anxiety, a feeling of time pressure, right? Of a feeling of being rushed every time they get stuck, that, 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 that the world is waiting for them and they just can't keep up. And so there's this, they're saying that their, their stuttering does the complete opposite. And I think this just gets back to what we were saying earlier. I think this isn't a question of either or, but of both and, you know, that, that, that stuttering can do both of those things. Uh, you know, it doesn't, I'm not saying you shouldn't experience that. And if you're experiencing it, you're stuttering wrong, right? That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's also possible to experience this other thing. And I think we off our negative experiences often yell very loud and they can make our positive experiences hard to hear. And so all that I'm doing is trying to trying to amplify those the voices of those positive experiences so we don't overlook them. A- am I misunderstanding? A-, a part of what I'm hearing is it's important to be in that moment, whatever moment that happens to be. Is is that fair, or am I missing the point? No, I think that's I think that's part of what I'm saying. Yeah. Excellent. This is Stutter Talk. Peter writes this with Chris Constantino. I'm going to share. Um, I have two more things on my list of what I've gained from stuttering. That I, I mean, I, I could list things all day, but I'll list one more. Um, and this, this, so I, this is actually two bullet points, but I think it's they're the same thing um, that I can change. I've learned from my stuttering that who I am today is not who I need to be tomorrow. And very similarly, that I can do hard things. Like stuttering taught me that I can change as a person, that I don't have to be miserable about something today or frustrated about something today. Tomorrow, tomorrow can be different. And that it's not magic that I can work hard to lose weight. I can work hard to change how I talk. I can work hard to fix 
and blossom in relationships. Um, yeah, so that's my second one. You can comment, or we could go on to your next one, Chris. I think, I think the one you just said actually uh, speaks to a different kind of patience. Right? That I imagine all those things take a lot of time, right? And to be able to look beyond the present moment to the future and realize that you're. Uh, you're just taking it one step at a time. And even if you take a few steps backwards, the way forward is just to continue to take that one step at a time. And just knowing what you need to do in the moment, I think can be really empowering that I don't, I don't need to, let's say you're losing weight. I don't need to lose 20 pounds tomorrow, right? All I need to do is, uh, my goal for today, which might be just to be in a slight calorie deficit, right? If, and you might not lose any pounds, but it's putting one foot in front of the other. And I think that's what stuttering, you're talking about this, this empowering feeling of realizing, oh, I can, I have some control over it, so I can ch ch change this. Uh, I'll never, I've, I've told this story a lot on Stutter Talk too. <laughs> um, I'll never forget how empowering it was to realize that looking at the ceiling was not a necessary part of my stuttering. <laughs> that is right. wonderful. I know. I mean, that, that wasn't my experience, but I've had something very simple. Yes. Yes. Right. Of like, oh, I can actually make eye contact. Um, that, you know, I can't do it right now. Right. I can't do right. it right away but I can realize I'm looking at the ceiling and then bring my eyes down to meet the person I'm talking to. And yeah. So please, please. Um, that, that I, that I wasn't, uh, I wasn't as out of control as I thought I was, um, that I could, I could catch my eyes and bring them back down. And eventually I could catch them on the way up. Right. I got, I got better at, at catching them and eventually they didn't go up anymore. Right, that 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 incremental progress is how life works. Yeah, I, I've had very similar experiences. I've said on Stutter Talk before, being on my parents' couch home from college, reading a book probably by Charles Van Riper, and realizing that when I am blocking, I can open my mouth to move to the next sound. Like, oh, I can change how I'm doing this. Um, Oh, wow. I'm so glad you made all of those connections, Chris. Um, so what is next on your list of what you've gained from stuttering? Um, Peter, you, you're, you're Jewish. The, the book of Ecclesiastes is part of your canon, right? I'm going to give you the question. I <laughs> When I get questions about Judaism, I generally say, let me refer to my rabbi about that. Right. Um, yeah. there's, there's a line from that book <laughs> uh, that's repeated over and over again. Um, vanity of vanities all is vanity. At least that's the translation that is one of the translations in English. Um and I always think about that when I'm trying not to st stutter, right? Like, 
like, why am I trying not to stutter? Why am I trying so hard to control this other person's impression of me? And I think, uh, you know, I, I've been, I, I hope my history as an advocate for people who stutter against societal prejudice uh, does not make this sound like victim blaming, right? Like I'm, I'm very aware that stuttering has real consequences, right? And so there's real reasons you might try to hide your stuttering, whether that's you're interacting with police or you are trying not to get fired from your job. So I, I'm not trying to downplay that. But I also think in a lot of our interactions, the real consequence of stuttering, at least for me, was it hurt my vanity, right? It, it, it made me look a way I didn't want to look. And um, stuttering is a harsh teacher about that, right? It, it sort of forces you to confront your superficialities. All of that, 100% true. But then there's this whole stuttering gain thing, right? Where then again, we're sort of claiming it as a vanity. Like I can remember going out on dates when I first started to um, embrace my stuttering and talking about stuttering very positively. Like this is an attribute. And so taking something that I was also struggling with and on some level ashamed of and refusing to be ashamed of it. So one could say, um, perhaps to be argumentative, I was reclaiming the vanity, you know? Yeah. I I think that's a great point. And and the, how I would, how I would answer it is I think the urge to not stutter is what I'm talking about here. Yes. Right. The, the attempt to hide it. Yes. Uh, Those are excellent points. I'm going to give my last one again. I could talk all day about this. Um, and I, and I want to acknowledge that this list of mine is coming at a place where I've been working on my stuttering now for longer than I was covert with my, so I was covert with my stuttering for, you know, up to 23 years and now I'm 50. So I've spent, you know, more than 25 years now, um, I think productively, um, dealing with my stuttering. So I've recently heard two very experienced speech-language pathologists talk about evaluating kids who stutter. And both of them separately talked about how the stuttering was a problem because it distracted the listener. So we're talking about qualifying a child for services based on the teacher being distracted by the stuttering and of course based on other things but you know it sort of irked like i'm annoyed that the word distraction like we should be talking about what's hard for the child not what's hard for the adult who should know better and i know i'm up on my high horse but there i am on the high horse but what this makes me think about all the time is what am i missing so I know stuttering, you know, I, um, I know stuttering, but what am I missing by not knowing other things as well as I know? And I'm sure I'm missing things with stuttering too, but so I'm trying to, so when I'm sure of myself or 
kind of sure of myself or when I'm working with a child and I'm either think I'm doing great or struggling, I'm asking myself, what am I missing here? Am I the one making mistakes that I shouldn't be making? So I stuttering has taught me to question myself, to challenge myself, to do better um, because I know how important it is to me that we do right by stuttering. So I, I, I've learned to use my stuttering to do better or to try my best with other people and with other issues. Are you, would you say that it's taught you humility in that I was way? Yes, I was just going to say that word. Yes, I totally agree with that. Stutter, it's humbling. And but not it, just because, like, not just the experience of it in the moment, which I think is clearly humbling in maybe obvious ways, but also what you're talking about here with trying to think about all the things you don't know about the other person's experience. Right. Oh, yes. So I have, we have, my wife and I have a wonderful son, and he is autistic. It's his birthday today, so that's a very joyous Happy birthday. day. Thank you. Uh, I feel great joining it. And it is being a parent is humbling every day. There's so many joys. And I beat myself up like I beat myself up with stuttering, wanting to do better. And I am so thankful to have had this stuttering experience because parenting, I, I used to think there could be nothing harder than stuttering. And stuttering, I had some deep, dark years, years, not weeks, not months, years. Parenting is harder. You know, maybe I wouldn't think so if I was 18 again and in a hole with my stuttering, but right now I can tell you parenting is harder. And stuttering in some way has helped me. I know that there is this mountain and it's hard, but, you know, one step at a time, I can do this. I might slide backwards, but I, I got to be up for this, right? Um, and I, so I'm so thankful that stuttering has helped me just be a little bit ready for what's hard in life. And to, to, to extend that analogy further, I, I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I'm, I'm going to make an assumption that you're going to agree with this. The, the difficulty of parenting exists and doesn't diminish how wonderful parenting is, right? That, yep. that it can be both in the same way that perhaps those who are very much struggling with their stuttering might be listening to the, li listening to this and not able to relate to it, that we're not trying to imply that it's not hard, but that it's also these other things, just like, just like parenting. Yes, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, I don't know how other families deal with challenges, but the fact that I can very casually talk to my child about his challenges and use very direct words, and he uses very direct words back, um, on some level, I must have learned a lot of that from stuttering. Like, I don't know if there's families that whisper about autism, but we're not one of those families. Um, and I, I, in my bones, stuttering has helped so much. But again, like life is hard, 
but stuttering has sort of helped me get in the race. And um, I'm, it's, you know, again, like it's so easy to say, not easy. It's, it's one thing to say this now, but when I was in high school and not praying, but just hoping and hoping and hoping that my stuttering would go away, um, I, I don't know if any of this would have made sense to me. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like I was a different person, but now, uh, I, I, I think I can say, and uh, I, I hope I'm not um, offending anybody who might not be there, but now I'm so thankful for my stuttering because it's helped prepare me for other challenges in life. But I also admit, I don't think that would have made sense to me when I was 20 years old and, and afraid of my voice. Right. I think, I think back to when I was younger, though, and for a long time, I, I still thought it was going away, Yeah, like you were saying. And so... I didn't, my coping strategy didn't need to find the good, right? Because it was, in my head, this was temporary, yeah. right? Every every time I had a, a more fluent couple of days, I thought, all right, here we go, right? We're on the way out of this. Um, and so I didn't, my, I think I was, I was using, my coping strategy was very much just keep your head down, keep a stiff upper lip, and this will go away. Um, I think it's with the realization that this is part of me, and so it behooves me to to find the nuance here that other forms of coping become necessary and possible. And maybe this is why so many of us seek help around the same time. So, so many people who stutter seek therapy and self-help when they're graduating from college because maybe it's we're realizing, okay, this isn't temporary. This isn't going away. Right, right. So, Chris, you get to go last. Can you share with us one more thing you have gained from your stuttering? Um, this is going to be very similar to one of yours about doing difficult things. I, ha- I when, Whenever I think about this, I, I had this job when I was younger where I had to – I was doing a lot of driving – and um, going to different restaurants for this company. And I had to log all of my mileage and the time it took me to get to these different places. And at the end of my day, I would have to read, I'd have to call this number and read this list of numbers of miles driven and time taking between all these different places. And this is going to sound maybe trite, but it was so hard. It would take, it was, it, it would have taken a fluent person two minutes, maybe. It would take me a half an hour. I would be wrestling with these numbers and wrestling with these numbers. Um, and to get home from work 
and then to go into my bedroom to my phone and dial that phone number that I had to dial to get paid. Mm. Um, this, this dread, right? I, I would start dreading it in the morning when I woke up that I had to make this phone call in the evening. And, um, well, I was just going to say to you, it doesn't sound trite at all because I would be worrying about that all day, all day. Yeah, yeah, I I was every every between every stop that I made, I was thinking, okay, I have to record this. This is going to be one more thing I need to do. Oh, and then it's like, then I wonder if you start to hope for certain stops because you know, oh well, I can say that stop because it starts with an F, but the one that starts with a G, I can't say that one. So. I, w- I would hope that, uh, you know, there would be some weather event. And so I would have to, even though I get paid less because I had less hours, I would, I, I wouldn't have to go to all my, all my stops. Um, oh my God. It's, it, it doesn't sound trite at all, man. I get it. <laughs> but the act of just, you know, dialing one number after the other, after the other, putting the phone to my ear, it was, there was always, it was always, a woman who was on the other end and I don't, I think it was often the same woman. She's a saint. She's an, she never, I would always say, uh, I stutter. This is really hard. So please just give me your patience. And she would just sit there on the other end quietly and I would get through it. She wouldn't say anything at the end. She would say, thank you. Have a wonderful day. I would say goodbye, and um, the you know the act of dialing the number and putting the phone to my ear and realizing like this is like you're saying one foot in front of the other. This is how you do it. Um, it taught me a lot that it actually uh, you don't need to listen to the dread, right? That mm-hmm. you can you can have that feeling, but do it anyway. Right. You can still yeah. dial the numbers, even if you, it feels terrible. That is such a great way to see it. And of course, if you or I were having that experience and we went into stuttering support and or speech therapy, like what a great opportunity that job would be to change. And I'm not talking fluency. I'm talking about doing something purposeful every time you make that phone call, whether it's, well, gee, I'm going to stutter. So I'm going to even stutter more on purpose, or I'm going to try to make my stutters longer or shorter, or I'm going to mention that I stutter. Hey, this is Chris calling in my miles today. I'm a person who stutters or whatever it is, like just having that opportunity to do something purposeful with your stuttering every day. Um, And of course, when you're in the dread and you're hearing only the negative, it's hard to get there. Um, but anyway, sorry, tangent. No, yeah, I, I, I think that's exactly right, that we need to be deliberate in the direction that we're walking. So I have loved, oh, we need to be deliberate in the direction that we're walking. So lovely, man. Um, wow, great statement. Uh, let's end with this. So in, in your opening sentence that I read from your Stuttering Gain paper, I'm going to read it again. The ability to foster stuttering pride comes down to one very simple question. Do we gain anything from stuttering? So let me ask you this. You seem to pair or tie stuttering gain to having pride in our stuttering. But can we also learn from our stuttering 
even if we hate it. We could call that bad medicine. Like, even if we're in a terrible place with stuttering, aren't we also getting something from stuttering? I, I know, again, like talking to my 18 year old self, I would think I'm crazy. But do you see what I mean? I do see what you mean. And, and I, I agree with you. I, I think that's right. That we don't necessarily need to have stuttering pride to have stuttering gain. Um, the, the reason for that sentence was the, the topic of that conference was stuttering pride. Mm. And I remember just, just talking, just from talking to lots of people who stutter, who, you know, didn't like the idea of stuttering pride. Like, I want to cure my stuttering. If, if there was a pill, I would take it. You know, like, let's be real about this experience. And I felt like the stuttering pride movement wasn't addressing the elephant in the room, which was, would there be a reason not to take the magic pill? Right. Like we have stuttering pride because, you know, we currently have no way of getting rid of our stutter. Uh, but what if we could? Like, would you still have pride? Would mm-hmm. you would you still want to stutter? And so I was I was trying to I th- answer that, trying to articulate reasons, things that we gain from stuttering. Mm. Like, can we can we build a robust pride? that uh, even if we have the option to be fluent, we, we might not take it. Uh, and so that was that was where my thinking was at at the time. Yeah. It's a good place to be. I mean, how pissed would you be if there were stuttering pill and somebody slipped it into your bottle of water? I mean, <laughs> we've worked so hard with our stuttering and, and I don't want to lose that. I mean, these mountains we climb – like you look back over, I mean, I know we're both on the stuttering mountain. We both stutter. We both have our challenging days, but I'm so proud of the relationships I've built and how I've, I have really um, faced my stuttering. And I don't, I don't want to give that up. Like I'm proud of it all. Right. Well, let's leave it there. Stuttering Gain with Chris Constantino. I love how you think and talk about Stuttering Man, and I hope you keep coming back on air. This was a lot of fun, Peter. Uh, A very happy birthday to your son. Oh, thank you so much, man, and best to you and yours. Thank you. Thank you.